Hey, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, depending on when you are listening. Um, we're once again in the fire with Justin and Peter. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. What if someone is listening right at noon, 12 noon? That's afternoon. I guess so. <laughs> is it, though? It well, is noon. It, it's, <laughs> it yeah. can't be afternoon if it is noon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unless well, a second has gone by, thus it is now at after. this point. Yes, but when you said right. "good morning, noon," conceivably it could have been right at noon. So, are you proposing that he also say "good noon"? <laughs> yeah, or "good day," maybe. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Well, I'll have to work <laughs> on that for next time. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm doing well. I do wish a good, good. noon. <laughs> Anybody listening directly at noon? Thank well, you. You also, you'd also have to do that with midnight as well, then, right? I suppose I so. I don't yeah. think so, because there's no, it's not like after midnight. Yeah, we have to do that for like every good every time. Because mm. we have more. But then you'd after. But then you'd have you'd go from night to morning well i guess that that would be a just a a swift change there or a seamless transition maybe so that that could work there's no like one time you know most yeah. people say 12 a.m but like most people also still call it the middle of the night when they wake up at 2 a.m so yeah yeah oh well it's hard but to, it's, it's good hard to be to here for another episode. Yeah, it sure is. No happy, matter what happy. time it is. <laughs> also, happy September. Um, yeah. It's starting to get, it's still warm out, but it's starting to cool off a little bit. But it's still staying hot in the fire, which is important. <laughs> I'm going to need this fire to warm me up with all this cool weather we've been having. <laughs> but. All right, so today we're gonna we're gonna journey through a little bit of the whole Bible today. You know, yeah, this will be exciting. Um, we yeah. have three passages. We're gonna start off in Genesis. We're gonna go into Matthew, and then we're gonna end in Revelation. So I think we have a, a good little sampling here. Um, the title is is pretty much what I just said. We're going from the Tower of Babel to the Great Commission. And finally, Revelation. <laughs> um, so we're getting a little bit of beginning, middle, and end, and kind of how even as you read the Bible, you the you get a more full picture of the overarching story as you read through the Bible. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. You guys, what do you what do you guys? Uh, thinking about going into into these three places in the Bible. I think it is fun. I don't think I in my mind had ever really linked um these passages together all that much. But as you said Thomas, I do think it shows us that you know that the Bible does build on itself and it is one cohesive single uh 
piece of literature and an account of history. So it all does fit together in, in a specific way. And it's kind of cool that I think you put these three portions of scripture together and matched them up as you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we really love seeing the connections between or across the Bible, between the Old Testament and New Testament. And yeah, I have never really thought of the connection here before until today. So it, I am very excited to, to talk more about it. And it's cool to see this, this new thread or I mean, new in my mind, since I'm just kind of learning, uh, seeing it for the first time, but this common thread that's being woven throughout these books from the beginning of the Bible to the middle to the end. All right. Well, so we're gonna we're gonna kick this off in Genesis, but thank you for that, gentlemen. I think it's gonna be really cool. I actually, I didn't see the connection until I was like, I chose like the, the Tower of Babel first, and then I was like, hmm, what does this make me think of? And it's like the Great Commission, and then I was like, hmm, what does this make me think of? End times. And I was like, hmm. so I just kind of pulled some passages from that, but. It's kind of One cool. thing leads to another, and bada bing, bada boom. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, first one, obviously, Tower of Babel. A um, little bit of a refresher for any of you who uh, who haven't been in Genesis for a minute. But it takes it, Genesis is a, it's a big book, too. So this is Genesis 11, 1 through 9. It's a small little uh, story. Uh, right after the flood and so it's that's when the world became so wicked that god decided to wipe everybody out and only save noah and his family and also two of every animal so that you know animals could still live and we have like you know dogs today because of this so pretty cool thing very thankful for that Um, (laughs) but yeah and so there was also like a a race of human angel hybrids known as the Nephilim and God needed to get the wickedness out of the earth, but he didn't want to completely eradicate humanity. Um, he still had a plan. for them, And so he put him on an ark. And so here we are post flood post Noah's ark. Animals are back out in the world. We got people back out in the world. And this is what they decide to do post-flood. So, uh, do either one of you want to read Genesis 11, 1 through 9? I can go ahead and take this one, Thomas. Uh, Genesis 11, 1 through 9. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, Let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go. Let us go down and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. 
So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Thank you, Justin. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, what uh, what are what are some things that are sticking out to you guys as you read this? Um, the first thing that I or one of the, the big things I noticed is there's a, there's some strong irony in this passage, and specifically pointing out verses four and verses four and eight. Uh, when it says, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Uh, So they're almost doing this with the intent to not become scattered over the face of the earth. But then in verse 8, after the Lord comes down, uh, the Lord scatters them there from all all over the earth. Um, So the, the exact thing they tried to avoid uh, that caught or in building the tower is the exact consequence that they got from building the tower, which I thought was funny. <clears throat> and also, if you look back at chapter 10, which I <clears throat> did a little bit, the last sentence in chapter 10 before this passage says, From these, the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. So, I don't know what kind of time gap there is in between these chapters, but it's almost like after, after the flood happens and then Noah's descendants start spreading out and there's references to a ton of different names in that chapter and, and clans. There's the Canaanite clan and the sons of Shem and whatnot, who all kind of start building their own nations and started spread out. And then it seems like there's kind of a regression back to where we are in chapter 11, where they no longer want to spread out. Instead, they try to, uh, settle in one place with one language and build this giant tower. I think that's a good point, Peter. And I think it, it shows me that, you know, the, the humans here kind of get a little overconfident in their earthly abilities. And then God humbles them in a very real way. Um, I think it would have been funny to been kind of a fly on the wall as they were building this tower and then suddenly kind of started speaking in different languages and maybe they realized what happened. Maybe they didn't. I'm guessing they were too confused to figure that out. But regardless, God brings some much-needed humility to the situation. Yeah, it's it's kind of it is kind of funny. Um, but it's it's also I don't know. It's kind of cool. Um, and I think kind of go off what Peter was saying a little bit. Um, when I think when they started migrating from chapter 10, they kind of, a bunch of them kind of came together in this place called the, the land of Shinar, which eventually becomes Babylon, which I don't know if you can really draw too much. Um, they were at the tower and someone started speaking another language in the, <laughs> The other guy said, all right, then, Babylon over there. (laughs) And thus the name was changed. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, you can kind of draw your own 
I don't think from that, but you know, we we know what what Babylon does later in the story to the Jews and to the people of God, and they're kind of always this uh, this problem child that wants to anger, not wants to anger God, but they kind of do. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like it's they they were spreading throughout the world, and then they stopped spreading throughout the world, and God was like, "Hey, man, what the heck? You can't do that." Um, yeah. So we gave them different languages, but I don't know the the, the things I kind of see here um, are are three things. I see pride, uh, communication, and fear. Um, I see like the pride in the like in them like wanting to build a tower to the heavens to make a name for themselves so like we are humans we are people and people need to know how cool we are and so we're, we're gonna build a giant tower and that everybody can see from all around um and then yeah i think it, it, that, that shows just like human pride of like and i think that's well, we'll get into this a little bit later. Actually, I'll save that for later. Um, the second is communication. Um, not just in the confusion of the people when their languages were were changed, but also in like the power of really having the same language as somebody else and being able to communicate. Uh, that's how we work together. That's how we're able to to tell people how we feel, tell people what we're, what we're seeing, tell people and communicate ideas between two people. Obviously, there's nonverbal communication and there's universal nonverbal communication to a certain extent, but communication is how we, we get things done, you know? Um, and then the, the third is fear. And I think... It's part. It's also part of the reason that they're building the tower. Like they didn't. Must we be dispersed to, o- over the face of the whole earth? They didn't want to be dispersed. They didn't want to be alone. They didn't want to. Um. Like. Go like be apart from one another, and so they're like, "Well, we can just have everybody here, and we can just build a massive city with a giant tower." Um. And so they didn't have to rely on God if they could just rely on each other. Um, so that's kind of kind of what I'm seeing here, and it's it's interesting. And so this gets me to some of the questions I have for us to talk about this passage. And this is like a this is a threefer. Um, why did God wish to confuse humanity? What is He doing? And what do you think God's purpose? was for the idea or the concept of language um well an answer to the first two i think here and then i might have a third answer to an answer to that last question in just a minute um but why god would have done this um i think it kind of comes back to that humility idea. We see here that the people build this tower and the reason they give for building it is so that they can um, build it up to the heavens. Trying to find, yeah, we can make a name for ourselves and build it up to the heavens. Um, 
and God sees that and probably thinks, <laughs> like, oh, here we go again. This big flood because of all these wicked people. And now immediately they're building this tower so that they don't need anyone other than themselves. Because once they build it to the heavens in their mind, like they have reached the peak of humanity, the peak of perfection. And, you know, what need is there for God once you get to that point? Uh, once they've made a name for themselves and their top is in the heavens, they don't need God because they've made it there. Um, and God, God had promised never to flood the earth again. <laughs> and uh, maybe he needed another way to teach this lesson. And he teaches it very quickly here once the people kind of start to go down this pretty selfish path once again, immediately after the flood. Um, one wonders if God regretted his promise to never flood the earth again when he saw what they were doing. <laughs> um, not that the flood wasn't effective, but, you know, I think this was his way of reminding them. He would just make it so they can't rely as much on each other and they need a God to rely on. Yeah, I think that's that's a key point there that... Um that we aren't supposed to rely on ourselves. We are supposed to rely on God, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost as if they had more trust in themselves, if they could be more in control of <clears throat> where they lived and uh, where they were building up to the heavens and whatnot, rather than, rather than trusting God and bring or continuing this reference to the flood. I was reading some commentaries and, uh, they said that uh, that the same material used to build <clears throat> the tower was the same material which Noah used to build the ark. And I don't know how accurate of a statement that is, because in my Bible that I'm looking at, it says, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood when God is commanding Noah, um, which is obviously different from the bricks used in the tower of babel but my footnote also says uh with uh, after cyprus or in response to cyprus it says the meaning of the hebrew word for this is uncertain so um in some bibles it probably does maybe does say brick but in any ways clearly the material used if this is true the material used to build the ark was waterproof and if that's the case then uh the material used to build the Tower of Babel was also waterproof, which could show a sign of mistrust or in God and maybe they them believing that they needed to build this tower out of waterproof material because they were concerned mm -hmm. that another flood would happen, uh, which also makes sense of why they wanted to build it so high so that maybe if there was a flood that they could <laughs> be on top of the tower and, <laughs> and survive it, um, which I, I think that, that could check out, just not trusting God uh, which we, which I think is a theme in this, in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> it also makes me question the, uh, the, the like intelligence of these people. <laughs> <laughs> How high are they expecting to build this? <laughs> Justin, the heavens. <laughs> they would have gone to the moon if they could. <laughs> it seems that they I mean, are. It does. It does raise the question like god could have just let them try to do this and probably utterly fail although he seems to think that they would have succeeded because uh, the translation that i read didn't quite say this but I, I read the niv preparing for this and it said that 
um, God looked at them doing this and said, if they all speak the language, then they can do anything. Um, and so he put an end to it. So maybe he does think that they can get this tower up there. Now, obviously, there are some human limitations to what they can do. Um, and the real lesson here is kind of the motive behind what they're doing. But, you know, it, he could have just let them try to do this and probably had the tower fall down at some point and it would not have ended well for them. Uh, but he chose a different way to go about it. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a good point. We got it. I think, yeah, I think you guys nailed kind of everything that I was, I would have said. Um, but I think, I think the third one, I think the purpose of language, um, if we, if we pay attention as we journey through the next couple of passages, um, I think we, we, we start to see his plan for, for language, even from Tower of Babel through the Great Commission. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be pretty cool, too. Um, but next question is what, is, what do you think this story tells us about humanity? And what do you think it tells us about God? In terms of humanity, I think in, in a simplified way to say it, uh, it tells us that when we wish to do things our own way and take matters into our own hands, uh, it often ends in failure. Whereas <laughs> if we follow God and his commands, uh, I think his commands provide uh, a certain good boundary for us to not get ourselves into trouble. Um, and that requires a lot of faith and trust in God's commands. But ultimately, I think over time, you begin to see the fruits of why God's commands are good and are good for us. And here, I think the, the people of the world lost lost sight of that um, as, as a funny, kind of a funny note here um, is that in this time of the Tower of Bab Babel, uh, Babel was one of the chief cities in Nimrod's kingdom. So <laughs> Nimrod is the name of the king at this time, or his kingdom, or the kingdom where this happens. And if that is any foreshadowing of what happens here in the Tower of Babel, um, I think it is. <laughs> I think it's funny that the kingdom's name is named after Nimrod, the king. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know. I like that name before. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have ever heard the name Nimrod invoked, but <laughs> it is never in a positive light. <laughs> so maybe just a, a sign that humanity, when we try to follow our own ways and devices, uh, we are all Nimrods in doing this. <laughs> um. Thomas, to answer your question about humanity, what it's all about humanity and God, I, I kind of link it back to language. So I I can't speak exactly to what God's, I mean, obviously not, what God's um, original intent was for language. Um, originally, I was thinking, hey, he probably did intend everyone to speak the same language, but maybe that's not the case because this happens after the flood when, I mean, all of humanity was wiped out. So Noah's family, of course, is all going to speak the same language. So at the outset, it's going to kind of be that way. Um, but I, I think that probably has something to do with it. I mean, I think God probably didn't intend there to be 
I mean, I looked it up. There are more than 7,000 languages in the world today, and maybe that wasn't the original plan. So what um, is that language is like a lot of other things where God created this beautiful thing, language, um, with this intent that maybe there's one language, everyone speaks it. That would be fantastic. I'm sure that's how it's going to be in heaven. Um, and then, you know, the world today, over 7,000 languages, it has fallen a long way from that one language that was there at the beginning. Um, just like humanity has fallen a long, long way from how God set everything up to be. Um, I did look it up. In, in China alone, there are over 300 languages, which to me is just um, wow. pretty baffling. Um, so I think it mirrors kind of the fall of humanity and how far language has come from what it was and what we see where there is one language here. But at the same time, um, we know that language is still a beautiful thing. I mean, think of the languages out there, Latin, French, you know, you know, there's some beautiful languages in the world. Um, and so you still see beauty in the thing that God created, even though it has fallen so far. So it's kind of the duality of the world as we know it is a fallen world. But at the same time, it's a beautiful world because it, you know, it was still something that God created and it is still God's creation. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Very. I, th I think that's a very interesting point. Um, but yeah, because like, even though it wasn't the plan, God is still able to use it for, for good and for beauty. And as we'll get to see later, every tongue, tribe, and nation shall bow down and declare Christ king. Um, which is just as cool as everybody doing it in the same language, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else to say before we move on to the Great Commission? I do not. I do not either. All right, let's move on. Um, I'll I'll read this one, uh, and so here we go. The Great Commission, Matthew sixteen through twenty. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to came and said to them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is what is called, colloquially called, the Great Commission. Um, the passage is... It's basically, I mean, a call for, for Christians to, you know, spread the gospel, you know, take, take what they have learned from Christ and to teach it to all, to all others, to spread it across the nations, to all people. Um, we're supposed to tell people about Christ. We're supposed to tell people about the resurrection and that we're not doing that on our own and alone, but we're doing it with God in our hearts and we're doing it through the power of the creator through the, through his son's resurrection and with the presence of the spirit. And it's just a really, I think this is, if you're going to, 
I mean, you can you can talk about just the Great Commission, and you can hit all major points of the of the gospel through the resurrection, God being the Creator, and His Spirit coming to live inside of us and being with us, um, and that Jesus will come again, and that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Him. Um, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, I love it. I think it's yeah. I think it's it 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 links up with the Tower of Babel very well where we have, we see God scattering the people to the nations and, and giving them all these languages. And now you see God sending people to all the nations um, to share the gospel with them. And I think it's, it's a pretty cool progression. It's like, now there's this issue. Um, not everybody speaks the same language. Yet we have the power of God that we need to then rely on to allow us to spread the gospel to to all all different people and so um yeah there you go what uh what are you guys kind of seeing here in the great commission i like that that last point that you said thomas and and this ties into what you were saying justin as well like some of the there's beauty and but also an obstacle in having so many different languages in our world but the power of god like there's still purpose in all of that and how the power of god can uh, and the spirit within us as uh, Jesus departs the world after um, after commanding the Great Commission. Like we have that power with us to spread the gospel, anyone, regardless of your language, to the ends of the earth. And we see that after, uh, after Jesus ascends into heaven, we see this throughout the rest of the New Testament. I mean, it's we jump right into after the gospels, we jump right into Acts where that's a book of, about exactly how the gospel spreads from, um, from Israel and wherever the, um, the disciples are across Europe in the middle East. And then uh, obviously Paul's letters to all the different churches as he's trying to spread the word and help sanctify followers of Christ. Um, so I think, you can see the uh, the outcome, the product of that, of the power of God and the Spirit working in us, and also people willing to, um, with hearts for God and hearts for others, to uh, want them to be saved, to spread the word across the world, um, and it's very, very possible and very successful through the power of God and the Spirit. I agree. And I think also this, the Great Commission here makes no mention of, you know, the different languages. It makes mention of spreading the gospel to all nations, you know, getting the word out to all corners of the earth, spreading that good news. But it does not give us like an excuse to say, oh, I don't speak the language that they speak in, in, uh, in this part of Africa, I can't go there and, and spread the gospel. It doesn't give the excuse of that. And there are people out there who devote their lives to international missions. And there are language barriers for, I mean, incredible language barriers that can be overcome because God is on the side. The only international missions experience I have is in Australia where they all speak English. So um, there was no problem with that, but you know, there, there are people all over the place who, despite the fact that there are over 7,000 languages in the world still manage to spread the gospel to all corners of the, of the earth. 
um, and fulfill this commission. So, you know, I, I'm sure there are ways to say that he used the language barrier as an excuse to not do that. But knowing that God is with us always to the end of the age, and he's the one who gives us the strength to do this. And it's Jesus who really makes it all work. Um, you know, despite the fact just it's cool that, you know, there's one thing that can overcome all of it. Um, and that's the, the message of the gospel. Hmm. Yeah. There's nothing while, else that could really overcome all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while the Australians may speak English, they also eat Vegemite, which is also a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge difference. I don't know yes. if I could be Australian if I had to eat Vegemite. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> the power of God overcomes that difference too. Justin, did you have Vegemite? Uh, I did try it. it what did fine. it taste like? You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a while now. <laughs> it's uh, I'd have to I'd have to try it again. I thought it was okay. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll. I give don't it think a we try. have any listeners in Australia, so we don't have to worry <laughs> about. Uh, making anyone upset right now <laughs> it's all I'm, I'm all joking i'm sure if it was the norm here i'd be eating it too without a doubt i do wonder if it's in the, like international aisles and i've never looked before in our grocery stores oh. i don't know they do a pretty good job of keeping it in country they don't let you take it out of the country if you try to fly with it really mm-hmm. yep they catch it in the bag they look for it specifically <laughs> Is there a reason? Uh, I really don't know. They're very protective of it. Interesting. <laughs> That's so funny. You can't order well, now. I need to try it. Now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they must have a great scarce, pride in their resource. A scarce good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but cool. And this leads me into my next questions about the Great Commission, but what do, you, what, do, what do you think the Great Commission says about God, and what do you think it says about us? I think it shows that, you know, for it to work, we have to rely on God, which is not what the people at the Tower of Babel were doing. We have to put our trust in God to um, be certain that, you know, what what work we do here to spread the word is actually going to, I think, bear fruit kind of... Um, it's not us that ultimately makes the change in heart that people have when they hear the gospel. It's God. We just did the delivering of the news. Um, so unlike the people at, at Babel, we just need to have that complete trust that it's not all about us, but it's about God. Yeah, I think you nailed it right on the money. Um, I think it, I don't know, it's, I kind of see these questions and I kind of think right at the end, it's like, um, from like 19 to 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It shows that God wants wants us to love him to the degree that we want 
to spread his love to others and to the whole world. And not only that, but that he is with us through everything that we do now as we do that and as we go out and spread it. Um, and we can only do that through his power and along with him. And so I think that connection back to Babel of being like, no, it's like we humans can't do anything, can't do everything we want alone. And we have to rely on God because we are fallen and sinful and we'll eventually build our own tower to the sky. Um, but we need to continually be humbled and we need to continually uh, realize our need for a savior and um, allow his love and power to empower us to share that with everyone around us. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> anything left for the Great Commission? Not from me. I think Peter dropped off. Oh. Well, <laughs> but hopefully he makes his way back yeah. in. Hopefully he'll he'll be able to hop back in soon. Um, yeah. But I guess we can just go ahead and move on to Revelation. Yeah, I will say Peter does have a note in here, and I will read it for him. He says, one of God's designs for us as a people established in Genesis light with the resurrection and great commission is for us to spread out as humans, flourish as different cultures with different languages, and bring the good news of God to all ends of the earth. Well said, yeah. Peter. Good point. <laughs> Very good point. I missed that. So thank you for making sure his note gets heard. I made sure I'd at least give him some credit there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's that's a really beautiful point, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do think, you know, I said earlier that maybe it was not God's intention for there to be a lot of languages. Maybe it was. Um, but I think it certainly... Like you can't, you cannot look at all the different cultures and languages and everything in the world and not think that that came from God. Um, True. Because just the variety of, you know, from country to country, region to region, and this builds off what Peter's note said. Um, like that has to, that all the, there's a lot of beauty out there um, just from person to person. And, you know, the different places that people live and the different ways in which they live. Um, and all of it in some way, I think, can point back to God uh, at its core. Just kind of the the idea of being human, being in this world. Like, it's all still something that God created. Um, and he, I do think, at some level, I had to intend that, you know, the different cultures operate differently, but are still beautiful in their own right. Um, and the Tower of Babel was maybe one way of getting to that point. And again, it just still shows the beauty of everything that God created. And things are still evolving in that beautiful way. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great point. God can always take something that we mean for evil and t turn it to good. Yeah. He's pretty great at doing that, actually. Hello. Welcome back, Pete. Ah, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was that was a struggle for a little while. I was I was in the middle of saying something a few minutes ago, and then I 
heard <laughs> you guys talking over me. So then I figured <laughs> my perception was probably lost. <laughs> We're sorry, Pete. Did you hear us, or I guess Justin, <laughs> communicate your point? <laughs> I did. I could still hear you guys. <laughs> All right. Do you want to say anything else now that you're back? Um, I uh, actually, yeah, I was going to say um, that some verses this reminded me of from, I don't know what you guys had just been talking about, but at least with the Great Commission was um, verse, or Matthew, also in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, I think with Babel, this, uh, or verse 25, the beginning for whoever would save his life will lose it. Kind of reminds me of that. They tried to take matters into their own hands and kind of save themselves or trust in their own ways. And, um, but really whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And that requires some sacrifice. And the great commission requires that, uh, as well, doing things we're uncomfortable, maybe uncomfortable with. Um, but all the while trusting God and on the, that, the far side of trusting God, um, and dying to ourselves is losing our life, but knowing that on the other side, we will find it. We will find true life and also experience the presence of God, which the Great Commission gets at at the end of that, saying that Jesus will be with us through the end of the age. Yeah. Hmm. It's a really good thing to bring up. Really important part of being a Christian, too. Hmm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. A cornerstone of the faith. All right. Are we ready for Revelation? I am. All Let's right. reveal it. Peter, you want to read Revelation 21, 1 through 8? Yes. Give me one second. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. We love Bible Gateway. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I pull up on Bible Gateway for most of these podcasts. It's nice when you're jumping, you can just open it in different tabs. Quick um, plug this episode is not sponsored by Bible Gateway, <laughs> but I'm going to plug it anyway. <laughs> and if Bible Gateway, you want to sponsor it, if somehow you're listening to this, you'd be more than welcome to sponsor you. If you want to read um, the Bible and you don't have the app, but have an internet connection go to biblegateway.com for all your word of god (laughs) all right i am ready now revelation 21 starting in verse 1 then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth that passed away and the sea was no more and i saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride adorned for her husband And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Obviously, there is a lot packed in here. <laughs> we will not be able to get to all of it. It connects very intensely to a lot of everything else that's going on in Revelation. Um, but, yeah, so what do you guys kind of see in here? I think we see, you know, kind of the end plan of everything. Um, we read the the most of this and think, like, this sounds perfect. Uh, no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, no more pain. This is kind of the, the end game here, the, the finality of everything. And I think, you know, we link it to the Great Commission and, and maybe back to the Tower of Babel. This is, for me, what we should, you know, trying to be telling people about and showing people. Um, I am kind of of the opinion that, you know, we, we exist in the fallen world. Yes. But there are also times when I think we can get little glimpses of this sort of perfect future, even in this world, whether that's in community with other believers, whether it's in a worship setting, you know, I think for me, I can feel that, you know, singing worship songs, um, in certain situations and, and certainly in, in God's creation, I think we can get just little glimpses of what, it's all supposed to be like and what it all will be like one day. And those are the things that, you know, despite language differences, despite cultural barriers, despite everything, I think everyone can relate to. And, you know, talk about the Great Commission, it's kind of on us then to help people experience this for themselves and then let God do the work of showing them what this future can hold. Um, and, you know, this is the day we look forward to right here in Revelation 21. So, um, we want to share that with as many people as possible. And there's a couple verses I really like here is the uh, first verse three, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Um, also reminds me of the great commission at the end there when Jesus is saying he will be with us through the end of the age. And also, Reminds me of Babel. He will dwell with them and they will be his people when God comes down to make a little visit to the tower in its creation. Um, but that shows that, you know, we are God's children and he loves us so much that, like, his dwelling place is with us and us with him. Like, that's the um, that's the vision. That's the intention of, of why he created us, for us to be with him and us to be relational, to have a, a relationship with God. And I think that's that's very beautiful. Um, and also, on a on a funny note, verse 5, and he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy mm -hmm. and true. God's like saying, take notes here, grab a pen, um, for this is, this is all worth listening to and hearing about. Um, and also, the importance of spreading the gospel to the world um, is because there are um, in verse eight, like there are, we have responsibility of our, over our sin and our actions, and we want to spread the gospel 
to the world so that um, the lost can find eternal life. And um, like there is some urgency in doing that and spreading the gospel as well. Um, it's like there's so much beauty here in these verses, but also a, a warning of um, of those who will not be in heaven. And also, uh, I think that points to the urgency, as as I mentioned, of of spreading uh, of spreading the gospel and um, being empowered by God and through the Spirit to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's an important duality here that both of you kind of touched on of like the first half of this, like the first four are like, it's the beauty of the new heaven and the new earth. And then five through eight is continuing glory, but also it's the consequence, right? Um, this is the fate of those who are not Christians. This is the fate of those who raise their middle finger to God and say, I will be the God of my own life. Um, it was a big middle finger. <laughs> the, tower the, of Babel. <laughs> the Tower of Babel. Quite the symbolism. Um, and so, like, we have the adoption of Christ's people, and we have the um, condemnation of those who wish not to be called God's people and don't wait and wish to live um, in their own ways instead of dying daily and picking up their cross they wish to yeah they wish to be immoral they wish to be sorcerers idolaters the faithless cowardly murderers and that's that's also like verse eight is also a great description of all of us before Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, it is the power of Christ through the Great Commission that allows us to bridge the gap between the language barriers from Babel and bring the people of God together as, as one through the power of the gospel, through the power of Christ. And um, we're just able to 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 bridge that and this is also like um uh just seeing the consequences of what like kind of condemnation you you get when you're not a christian and you're not a child of god it should spurn us on to try and i guess spur us on to try and like live out the great commission to try and, and tell as many people as we can about God to try and witness to those who are not saved so that they may become children of God. And it's a beautiful thing whenever that happens. Um, but yeah. So you guys got anything else to say here? I have one quick note. Um, cause I think it's kind of cool now that read this, uh, we read this again, um, tying it back to the tower of Babel. So, the Tower of Babel, the people there wanted to build a tower to heaven. We see in Revelation 21, they that never needs to happen because in verse 2, God brings heaven to us. Mm. Um, you know, we don't need to 
build our own tower to get to God because God just brings this new Jerusalem coming out of heaven. Um, whether or not it comes down to earth, I think is up for debate and something we won't know till it happens, but we do know that God is the one who brings that heaven to us rather than us having to build a tower to get to him. That reminds me of like the high places in like all throughout Kings and I think also, I think personally in Samuel, but a bad king is a king that establishes the high places where there was where pagans would go up to a place higher than the ground to then commune with the gods. But God said, we, you don't need a high place to worship me. You worship me on earth. You worship me on the creation um, because God is meeting us here. And I think that's a, that's a really good point, Justin. Um, yeah. Yeah. And building the, building the tower requires a lot of doing, doing, doing and hard work and action. And um, obviously it, and it's just going to fail time and time again if we try to build a, our own towers to heaven. But um, but I think it, that's a good imagery of just God bringing heaven down to us and that, that burden of doing it ourselves and trying to be God ourselves is no more. Like we don't need to be under that burden because we have uh, – Jesus and that work is that's done for us. The work of salvation. We just have to believe and then be, and then we're empowered through the Holy spirit from there. And I think that's really beautiful. Like Jesus has done all, all the work and even for spreading the gospel to the ends of the ends of the earth. It's not like we have this overwhelming burden to convince others to believe in Jesus. Like it's the power of God that saves and we have to trust that God will work through the hearts of, non-believers as we spread the gospel but he uses us and we are very privileged to be able to be used to spread the word to god but it's not like the responsibility and burden all lies on us like jesus has done it all and god is in control of it all yeah and i think i think that's about about all i have for today do you guys have right. any any last thoughts? I do not. I do not. Great episode. Great episode, yeah. yeah. This was fun. A cool topic. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I will pray this out, and then Peter can tell us how our listeners can get in yes. touch with us. <laughs> you bet. All right. Pray with me. Dear Lord, Thank you for today. Thank you that we are able to, to come together, even whilst Peter is lounging at the beach, um, to come together to talk about your plan for our lives, to talk about um, how your master plan throughout all of history has led us to the point where we are today, hoping for what will be tomorrow. Um, just give us strength to to lean on you, to witness to those around us, and to show the the light of Christ to everyone we possibly can um, through the way that we live our lives and through the way that we interact with people. I just, we just pray for, for your help in that and that we don't become lukewarm and stagnant. I thank you for our listeners that they have come with us upon this journey. Um, Please allow us to, to continue journeying with them for as long as we can and 
to to we pray the same for for them as well about um being witnesses of faith to those around them in their communities and and everything lord and so we just pray for our coming days weeks and nights just to be with us and to to give us your power and to allow us to be uh, children of god and that we can forsake our old self and put on the new and in your son who died for us we pray jesus christ amen amen, amen. peter how can they get in right. touch with us i've been waiting all episode for this <laughs> <laughs> um there are multiple avenues of reaching us uh for you listeners if you so desire to do so first is instagram our instagram is in the fire podcast um and we we usually put up a post when a new episode comes out and put up stories and ask questions we'd love to just get as much interaction as possible with you guys so feel free to follow us dm us uh, ask us questions on there or you can ask us questions or comments etc through email as well our email is three in the fire at gmail.com but that's the number three and then the letters in the fire at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we're also exciting news. We have a website in the works. I, uh, Justin, is the website live? I can't remember. Um, it, it is not currently live, I don't believe, but um, we should be getting there soon. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we've been, we've been working on that. We're building it out currently and um, – well, also, if you're following us on social media, we'll uh, let you know when that is that is ready. We're excited about that new development. Um, but yeah, you can also you can also rate us wherever you listen if you are so compelled yeah. to give us a five star rating. Um, and, <laughs> and as Justin pointed out recently, there's uh, a Q and A, or you can respond to certain episodes, I believe. So if you have any questions or comments, if you listen through to that, Spotify, yes. Yes, okay, on Spotify. Uh, feel free to do that. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for that. And we will be seeing you next week. Yes, we will. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Peace. Now exiting the fire, us. <laughs>